Hi guys and welcome to Read a Book with Spiwe. This is your host and yeah, welcome to our third episode of the podcast. Today I bring you another guest who goes by the name of Mufuti Chihambakwe. You know, before we get into today's conversation, I just want to share briefly with you what to expect in this conversation. You know, I was, I was, as I was working through it, I was just laughing at how much content we covered with Mufuti and how thorough he was in everything that we did. So it just speaks on his character, the person that he is and the work, the quality of the work that he does. You know, I was just laughing because he's such a creative, he cannot even hide it. You know, the one thing that I want you to pay attention to as you listen is that Mufuti is a professional and he works with his hands. He's a chiropractor and he is in between two clinics practicing in Botswana and yet he is um, a creative. He's such a disciplined individual that each and every day he publishes a blog and that is worth noting before going into the conversation. But without further ado, let me not hold you back. Uh, Just let's dive in and I hope that you enjoy the conversation. Here it comes. Mufuti, welcome to the podcast, man. How are you doing, sir? Ah, thank you so much, Spiwe. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time coming, but I'm glad to be here. Yes, it's a great honor to host you. I mean, we, we've had this conversation over and over again. And yeah. yeah, to finally have you here, it's like a dream coming true. So welcome, sir. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> the funny thing is that we recorded this episode, um, when was it, last week? Mm-hmm. And we later okay. on discovered mm-hmm. that the recording had like a massive flow in it. So we have to record the whole thing again. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, the conversation was organic then and we don't have a script. So I hope that we, we cover just as much content as we did then. Do you want me to do an intro of who is Mufuti or you would rather have those things like kind of unravel along the conversation? And I think it's always good for people to connect with um, our guest on the show before they start sharing their story in the book. What What's your take ah, on that? Sure. I, think, I, think, I think let's do an intro, man, so people know who, who this guy is. Sure. Okay, so guys, today we have Mufuti on the podcast. Uh, Mufuti is a good friend of mine. Um, I've known this guy for well over seven, eight years now. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've known each other for quite some time. And we know each other back in Devon as students. Um, We've done life as students. That means we're broke. And (laughs) yeah, we not that we we are not broke now. It's just a different circumstance that we are under, you know, and... Originally, he's from Zim, uh, and then he studied in SA, and now he works in Botswana. He studied at DUT. Um, he did. He's a chiropractor. Uh, am I saying that right? And not only are you a chiropractor, you play drums, and you, you play the loudest drummer that I know. And wow, <laughs> which is good. I mean, because drums are supposed to be loud unless you have a cage. And not just that, but also Mufuti, you, you're an author, if I'm putting it right. You're an author oh. and you write a blog, you know. So do you want to share maybe a bit about, um, did I leave anything out? Do you want to speak a bit more about a bit on your blog and the book that you recently wrote? Sure. Yeah. Thanks, Pui. Um, So one of the great things about uh, 2020 was being able to have more time on your hands to do things that you've always wanted to do. And uh, yeah, you know really really fortunate and blessed to have been surrounded by people that were supportive and 
we managed to write a book basically reflecting on the year 20, 2020, the pandemic, uh, also writing about life in our 20s, and then also talking about life uh, over the past 20 years, significant things that have happened over the past 20 years. So the theme of the book is, well, the book is called 20. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's, that's one of the things that, that came through. And we, we, we really just used the time that we had and we made something happen. And at the same, around about the same time I started, I've had a blog for about eight years now. Sure. Um, but sometime last year, I started making a commitment to write every single day. Mm-hmm. And except for a few exceptions here and there, but I've basically written every day, almost, yeah, approaching a year now, uh, sure. every single day just writing consistently. Sure. So, yeah. That is amazing, man. And that is amazing. Where do you get the inspiration to write, if I may ask? Literally conversations that I have all day. Uh, with people uh, or thoughts that just come up or different things that come up. I think the the great thing about being able to write about things is you don't have to be an expert on mm. a whole topic to be able to write something about it. I think you just, I'm just writing from my perspective. Mm. Um, mm. So I care about a lot of things in the world, which I, I don't get the chance to do much about. Um, mm. So whether it's um, writing about technology, uh, and the impact that technology is having on our relationships, mm. uh, writing about, um, you know, uh, education. I'm not an educational um, person. I'm not an educator, but I get to like talk about my perspective on what kind of stuff works or doesn't work. Sure. And it's interesting because like you get an engagement on different topics. So I think it's an, it's an avenue to explore different topics that you care about. Mm. Um, mm. And I think later on, we're going to read something from your blog and line off um, the conversation that we're having today. Uh, deep oh. work, you know. And yeah. yeah, man, thank you once again for coming through. And thank you so much for sharing that story. I mean, it takes so much discipline to be able to write every day. I'm saying this because I'm, I'm trying to exercise that muscle myself. And, you know, I release a one, one ep- uh, episode in the podcast a week. And the effort that goes into just making it happen is a lot you know so you probably need a lot of discipline just to do what you do and big up for doing that man so yeah i would love for us at this point to just jump right into the conversation um for the day today we are continuing the conversation uh carl newport's deep work and the funny thing about this book is that i actually have your copy because you know when i was trying to get a copy in botswana the shop had run out so I borrowed your copy. And yeah, Mufuti, what inspired you to read this book before we even get into the content itself or the principles? What inspired you to read Kalmaport? Okay, so I have a tendency to feel like I I don't go as deep as I would like on certain things, even when it comes to the work I do. So I'm a chiropractor and um, it's difficult to have the same level of intensity focus or concentration on something outside of school. Mm. School is one of those settings where exams and any students listening, you definitely know what I'm talking about, where somehow something about an exam coming up, you suddenly really just get deep, deep, deep on top because you have to fully understand something. Mm. And I found myself struggling to really get that that same, you know, intensity of, of focus or trying mm. to really understand a, a concept um, simply because there's no, you know, pressure to write exams. So I, 
I even, when it comes to my writing, sometimes I have just as like, I want to get deep on a particular topic and not just skim over the surface of something. Sure. Um, and I just feel like there's so much skimming that happens and like so much summarizing, skimming, you know, you just get a little bit of, you read the headline of the article, maybe the first paragraph and you, you'll get distracted, you do something else. It's like, you, you're never really getting deep on anything. Yeah, that's true. So, yeah. So I think that for me, I recognize that in myself and I, I'd heard Carl Newport, uh, I think I saw his TED talk a couple of years ago and I, I was aware of some of his ideas and I, and, and I was looking for a book that day and I was like, you know what, I think I really need to do something mm-hmm. worth investigating. But, and yeah, I'm really glad I picked it up. Sure. And, and having read the book, would you say that maybe there's some things that have changed in your life or you're still doing life the same? Uh, maybe do you want to just speak a bit on the impacts the book has had in your personal life? Yeah, sure. I think, I think now it's, it's demystifying the idea of um, like being able to be, to understand difficult or hard things. I don't think I've necessarily put a whole lot into practice just yet. I haven't had a lot of things I'm trying to get deep on just now, but mm. he talks about it in the sense that it's not that you spend 24 hours in deep mm. concentration. Mm. Um, and he actually says there's a limit. There's a limit of the amount of time you can spend being deep. Mm. Um, I think it's like three or four hours a day. That's mm. like kind of the, and the way I look at it is just like, if you know, um that all it takes for me is like have one hour or two hours in my day where i am not looking at my phone not looking at emails just focus on whatever i want to do i think that for me was just like that's very doable like it's not something that i mean of course it won't be easy i'm sure there's going to be that thing of like your mind starts wandering and things are happening but just demystifying the idea that you don't have to have you know, the kind, like, you know, because life is complicated, man. There's always things mm. happening. There's always, you know, you just think, you know, oh, there's no way to be deep. And I and I really hope for those who end up, you know, picking up a copy of the book, I really want to kind of do so because it, it's not that he's saying that throw away your phone mm. and mm. <laughs> delete your Gmail account. Get That's off the grid, basically. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's kind of like, we tend to think of an either or, like, you mm. have to kind of completely Mm. Um, so for me, I would say I don't feel as intimidated now okay. by the idea of sitting down and doing something difficult. Sure. I mean, um, there's a lot that comes into mind as you're sharing. The one thing that I'm trying to avoid doing is basically asking you the same line of questions that we did with Nkazi on the previous episode. So, you know, um, if, if you feel like maybe there's something that I'm asking you and it somewhat, somewhat goes along that, please feel free to you know, start in a different direction, you know. Um, but I, I, I want to ask you a question about this book. You know, um, we're going to get into some of the stuff that he wrote, especially the proxy of business, you know, and or the business as proxy for productivity, mainly because of what you do. You work with your hands. You, you're a practicing chiropractor. Um, by that, I mean, you see patients, you know, um, someone would think that in what you do, in the line of work that you do, there isn't much room for deep work because um, how you, 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 you do your work is it's a practical um, profession, so to speak. So where does the value of deep work come in into what you do professionally? Sure. Okay. So, so, so I think where I, I see it is 
being able to apply findings that people have from research mm. and apply it to your real life practice. So there is no profession that is stagnant. I think there's so much research, so much investigation that's happening all the time. Every mm. week, there are new papers being released. Every week, there's new evidence about best ways to do this or the impact of certain things. I think last time we spoke a bit about ergonomics. Ergonomics mm. is basically the impact of the workplace on people's bodies. So for example, your workstation, if you're sitting at home right now, sitting on a computer, um, the height of your chair in relation to your desk, the mm. relationship between your screen, and the screen time that you have, and all those, I mean, there's a whole lot of research on those things. And being able to just, you know, do more than just get the headlines. And they say, so, okay, okay, so everyone just sit straight, you know, mm. uh, or, you know, or stretch or whatever. Okay, there's a lot of detail that you can actually pull out of this. So I think being able to really investigate the statistics as well, mm. because you've got to mm. also look at the fact that graphs and and, uh, and tables, they don't always, you know, you've got to always be able to look at them and understand what, what does this table actually mean? What does it actually show? And being able to communicate that clearly to your patients now. Mm. So I think it's important to realize, even though my day-to-day work is very hands-on, yes, I don't, you know, uh, I don't sit at a desk all day. But if I am to say, like, my, the best way of practicing is that your practice is informed by sure. evidence that you have skimmed over, actually mm. read and understood. Sure. So I think the deep work comes in being able to read those things, understand them, and then apply them. Sure. That's so good, man. That is so good. I mean, you one would assume that once you get your qualification, um, you, your life is sorted, you know, goodbye to reading stuff. The only thing that you do now is just do, you know, there is always this idea that you get better with practice. But I mean, I get what you're saying that practice backed up by the new um, findings, the new discoveries, it makes you a better person at what you do. And that is where deep work comes in for you. And over and above um, what you do, you know, um, prior to reading the book Deep Work, do you find that maybe when it comes to creativity as a creative, were you creative in that space or post Deep Work, you, you became creative post reading the book on Deep Work? Sure. Well, I think I was, I think um, last year I did a, and you know about this year, I did this really, <clears throat> really cool course for the Alt MBA and it really just unpacked um the again again let me say you use the word demystify again demystify the mystery of creativity <laughs> yes yes and in the sense that you're not waiting for a lightning bolt from heaven to strike you before mm. you come up with a brilliant idea mm. and do something i think it's the discipline of showing up and saying i'm here mm. to create mm. whether i feel like it or not I'm here to write. I'm here to sing. I'm here to preach. I'm here. I'm here to, I'm here to create. You're sitting at your desk, mm. you're not feeling it. You're not feeling it. You don't. You don't wait to feel it. You get into the practice. And so that was something that I got into, start of Dalton B. But I again, like I was saying earlier, was it's it's now like okay, but I tend to just be on the surface of things. I'm sure. not like getting into a topic and then going deep. You know. Mm. Mm. Uh, other thing that I was kind of concerned about as a creative is my 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 writing is very brief, so I don't I don't like having long winded pieces. Like I feel like I like you know. So for me, I was like the temptation is to think that I haven't thought deeply about this, but the, there's a difference in the sense you don't need many words to make mm. a point. For me, Eddie, I think for me it's just the fact that make sure that if you, it can still be brief, but make sure that you spend time thinking deeply about those ideas that you're writing. Mm. Um, give it enough time. 
oh. show up and say, you know, whether or not I feel inspired today, I am going to show up and do the work that is necessary. So I think what deep work has done for me is helping me understand that um, I can I can still have brief pieces, but I think I can go deep, much mm. deeper now, um, mm. in the sense that I, I I can. I think even that, that the one piece that I wrote, I think the one we might bring up today. Sure. It was basically my main summary of the book, in terms of talking about. Um, again, I think you're bringing up this whole idea of proxies for progress, in the sense that we're yes. we are we are so we're so interested in the appearance of busyness. Yes. Or certain external markers that you are busy, that you are doing something. Like, mm. oh, you responded to email fast. Oh, you showed up for this meeting. You're simply attending a meeting. Doesn't mean you're productive. Yes. You know? Yes. Even talking in a meeting doesn't mean you're productive because you can be talking about work that we're not doing. <laughs> so true. <laughs> yes, yes, so yes. true. Those are the proxies for progress, and it's not an indication of actual progress. So. Um, I think that's that's the, you know I think I'm trying to many concept in one but I think that's one of the, the key things that that book helped me with. Sure, I mean I, w- I want us now to um, I'm going to read the, the the busyness as proxy for productivity, and then we're going to go into your blog. But before we get there, um, say that maybe there's a young person who's listening to us today, someone who who has a job, someone who runs a business, someone who you know, and as they're listening, they're trying to figure out to where does deep work fit in into what they do. I mean, you've shared about how deep work informs how you do your practice, and um, based on the new studies that are being done, the new findings, the new research, and all these things. And now you are talking about how deep work um, is is enhancing your creativity, you know, or maybe not just enhancing it, but when you sit down with that intentionality that you're about to create now, you know, there's a room for you to do deep work then. You know, say someone is listening to us at home and they're trying to figure out what is this deep work thing and how does it relate to me? How is it applicable, you know, to me as a business owner, as, as an um as an employer or as an employee or as a student, you know, how can you best summarize what deep work is um, that would probably fit in multiple contexts, you know, based on where Mm. the listeners are at? I would say, think of this as making the best use of your mind. Mm. There is a, I love this analogy that uh, I think John Piper actually used it in one of the sermons when he was encouraging people to, to, because let me let me use that as, as, as my main example and hope this sure. is applicable. If yeah. someone was asking, I'm a busy person, um, pastor, pastor, and this is this is a, a pastor, someone asking a pastor, I'm a busy person. I don't think I have time to read the Bible for long every morning. Mm. Um, maybe I should, you know, do you know, and and, and 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 this is obviously a Christian context. And he basically says this to the person, like, you know, so the person was asking, give me tips or tricks of how I can, you know, quickly get much out of out of a small ease of time. And he's basically saying, here's the thing. If you go out into the world with a rake, mm. all you're going to get is leaves. Sure. Maybe all you want is leaves. That's all you want. And that's all you're going to get. Like, so similarly, so no matter what you're looking into, whether you're into business, whether you're in healthcare, whether you're a student, if all you want is just a quick understanding of things, like you don't really want, you mm. all you want to accumulate is leaves. And, and you know what? If in some situations, that's good enough just to have leaves or something. He's like, but if you go out with a, a shovel, Mm. And, uh, and and uh, and you're going. You're looking for gold. Sure. It's gonna be much harder. Mm. It's gonna be much much harder. But you're gonna come up with something worthwhile, something valuable. Mm. And this is the thing I would say: your mind 
you have the capacity, no matter what you're focusing on, no matter what you're involved in, whatever it is, you can go out in the world with a rake or with a shovel. Mm-hmm. The choice is yours. Sure. With you not making the time to concentrate on something, you're not making the time to think deeply about something mm. because you're choosing mm. the rake. And that's not, I'm not saying that's a bad thing always, but I am saying that there's gold to be had in the world. No. And it's your choice whether to get the gold or not. That is so good, man. I mean, that's, that is so beautiful. I mean, you've said it beautifully. And Carl Newport basically says the same thing in the book. He talks about how, um, you know, the few people that embrace deep work, they produce something that is extremely rare, you know, something that cannot be replicable. And I believe that's the goal we are talking about, whether in business or school or, you know, as an employee, you know, when you spend time, you know, digging deep into whatever you you are invested in currently, you know, there is something that comes out of that, which is gold, something rare, something that's, you know, it doesn't come easy. Not everyone can produce that, you know. So thank you so much for that analogy, Mufuti. I want us to jump into the business as proxy of productivity. I'm doing this with you mainly because um, I believe it's very important for employers and employees to understand the value of productivity and how to best weigh what productivity is in any space that they're in. You know, I'm sure you would agree with me on this one, but because we do not know what productivity looks like, or we do not have like clear cut indicators of what a productive day looks like, we end up just going about doing, you've shared briefly on how we feel like looking at an email, responding promptly, you know, sitting in a meeting and contributing. We often feel like we've been productive in a day where else maybe that is not your primary thing to do. You know, but let me not get ahead of myself. Um, I'm just going to read quickly here. Business as proxy for poor productivity. In the absence of clear indicators of what it means to be productive and valuable in their jobs, many knowledge workers tend back towards an industrial indicator of productivity, doing lots of stuff in a, in a visible manner. Um, do you want to share your thoughts on this? Yeah, yeah. So I think that the idea of having, of looking busy Mm. Is 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 actually what we we talk about in terms of like it, and even I guess if you're an employer and you're not too sure whether or not your people are producing the goods, that it, 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 it's more like you want to see that like you know that you're you're putting in your your, your hours work, which is kind of a factory type model if you think about mm. it in the sense that mm. if you're working in a factory and you're producing you know whatever, watches or something. The supervisor can see if you're just sitting and standing there, maybe just thinking and looking at the wall, you're thinking, maybe you're just standing and thinking about how can we make this process better. Mm. He's going to look at you and think you're being lazy. I, sure. I'm paying you, paying you to, to produce watches, you know, mm. to sit there and do the job. Whereas if you think about it, now we're living in a world where your employee who's sitting there and thinking about how can we make this process better? How mm. can we how can we change things? You know, if you're sitting there and you're looking at an employee and, and, you're, and, and that employee is now, you know, maybe taking a little bit of time to come up with, a, with an idea that is usable, mm. that's actually much more valuable than someone who's just following orders and just follow. Maybe your, your system is inefficient, you don't even know it. I sure. think what we need to be able to do is encourage, um, encourage the things that are going to be useful for, for this, this day and age. Just, just, there's so many ways to innovate. Innovation is really driving a lot of business. But mm. if you don't create mm. space, all you're looking for on your employees is compliance mm. or people just following rules, being, you know, checking in their time, checking and checking out. You're going to have this, your business is not, it's going to be exactly the same five years from now. Sure. And we all know that <laughs> that's a recipe for disaster. 
Yeah, that's so, so true. So I think at the end, it's important just not to, to kind of investigate ourselves and say, guys, is it really that important that um, that someone, that, that we have all these meetings, for example? Mm. Is that the only way to keep track of things? It's almost mm. like even how we, we, we pace our work, we pace it from meeting to meeting. Mm. We're not doing it like in the sense that we're not letting the work kind of evolve on its own. Mm. Um, maybe it can go much faster than a meeting. Maybe a really good thing is going to take some time. Sure. So, it's almost like you're the only way to measure whether we're doing something from, okay, from last meeting, did you do this? <laughs> you know, so the meeting is the yeah. progress as opposed mm. to the work itself. So I feel like this is some very interesting stuff that um, Carl Newport talks about and talks about the structure of the workplace and all sorts mm. of different things. I think it's such an important thing to think about, particularly in the world we're living in, information and, and innovation. The innovation is, is what's going to drive the future of business. So I feel like business people should pay attention, pay attention to certain things. Mufuti, you write beautifully on your blog about the same, same, pretty much same um, uh, thing that you just spoke about. But I want to read this out as well so that um, you could maybe just double click on a few things here in light of what you just shared. Um, you said important work demands focus. In a hyper-connected world, hell-bent on distracting us, focusing on hard things is harder than ever. And it's much easier to fill our hours with the mundane and the, the agent, really, really sinking our teeth into anything deep before we are called for yet another meeting or notified of something that's not worthy. On social, much of the day is consumed by the appearance of business. What do you, do you have? I feel like this is self-explanatory to a certain extent, you know, but and the book inspired this piece. You said this is basically the summary of your take home um, based on, on, on yeah. the book. You know, do you want to double click on a few things here? You know, I think, I think the idea of sinking our teeth deep into something is scary for, for certain um, people, because this is the thing. Why is it so hard to read books, for example? Because part of the thinking is, what if I don't get much from this? Like, I'm going to invest all this time and effort. Because it's actually really hard to, like, draw, you know, to be sure, okay, this book is going to be good for me. Usually waiting for, okay, some other, some something that we know is going to be a, a surefire, great book. And it's actually difficult to really sink your teeth into anything. Similarly, so this is why TV is so easy. Because it's like, you're not sinking your teeth. They're just sitting there, like, it's all mashed up for you. You're just drinking, you're just enjoying it. It's just... It's simple. If you don't like it, it's easy to replace it with something else. Whereas yeah. a book is investing all your time and your effort and you're, you're sitting there, you could be doing something else and you're sitting there. So I feel like it's so important to just kind of think about the fact that sinking your teeth deep into something, whether it's work, whether it is um, a book, whether it is a concept you're working on, whether it's a, a portion of scripture that's difficult to understand. Um, I think that is really where value is going to come out of. And the unfortunate thing about the workplace now is that we're not, we're not building structures that, are, that encourage this. Um, a lot of the structures encourage us to do things that are easy to see, easy yes. for us to pass yes. off as like, oh yeah, no, this guy is serious about it. He shows up, he just mm. came, mm. you know. I mean, I, I don't want to talk about so, the, in this, the, the, the the transformation that is happening in the workplace where everything is being um, automated now, which means a lot of um, labor workers are going to get kicked out because of the automation systems. And unless you, you're bringing something of much more value, you understand how yeah. to do coding, how to operate these machines, you're going to be laid off from work, you know, and, and Carl Newport argues that 
the, only the few that embrace deep work will be able, you know, to survive the current um, or the, the, the coming uh, of uh, what, what's the best way to describe this? You know, people are going to be basically jobless and stuff, you know. And you just said something here that sometimes when you look at someone who's not doing the actual work, the physical work in the company, we take them as someone who's lazy, you know. Like as an employer, if you see your employee reading a book um, which talks about optimizing the processes that you do, it might actually feel like they are wasting the valuable company time. While in essence, they are getting deep into the company um, way of producing whatever you guys are producing. And by investing that, maybe one hour, two hour a day on that book would optimize the production line to bringing it down by a massive fraction, which means it's high productivity for less amount of time spent on, you know, on the process, you know. So I think that is probably one of the things that Carl Noport talks about. And I'm highlighting this because I heard you talk about it, but I feel like you did not want to, <laughs> to go to detail about it. You know, um, before, before we, we, we draw closer to, to an end, I want us to switch our conversation a bit. I want us to talk about social media. You know, um, yes. in this book, there is a very audacious chapter that talks about quitting social media. I mean, if you read from the beginning all the way to that chapter, post that chapter, Carl Newport sounds like he's anti-social media. You know, how is your relationship with social media? <laughs> yeah, okay. So I would say my, my current position is I like social media for posting and the mm. impact that you can have when you're if you're doing important work and then you're you're, you're finding the other people that care about your work through social mm. media. I do think though that it is a problem now where you, you you can spend time engaging in social media and teaching your brain mm. to only want easy simple they like stuff like you know mm. like it's almost like um, your your appetite for distraction increases mm. and i think that is that is my main issue with social media so in general i would say this i use social media a lot for posting stuff that i think is meaningful stuff sure. that i think so for example all my blogs i post on social media mm. um i feel content that will be helpful and that you know that's the way most people find my blog um and then also at the same time work that we're doing here physically here in, in Botswana, like stuff that's meaningful, stuff that's that's you know that's pushing things forward. I post, and of course, you know, I'm like every other person, you want to post something cool, fun that's happening. But when it comes to me consuming content of other people, I am mm. very very cautious. Um, and 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 when it comes to understanding the fact that this is this is teaching me right now this moment to to rather enjoy distraction than mm get the, the slow pleasure of really understanding something uh, embracing boredom yeah yes embracing boredom basically. sure sure so last time we spoke you shared something about your your soon-to-be wife um about her current relationship with social media do you want to go on that uh as yeah, to, yeah yeah so, so she's so she's a public relations digital marketing uh, communication and her work is in that space, um, understanding trends of human, uh, human consumer um, consumer behavior, understanding online behavior, understanding what it means to have true engagement in a brand, mm. um, all those things. Um, 
really, really like if you think about the way marketing is done now, if you're yes. not doing digital marketing, you're not you're not serious. You're not yeah. <laughs> you understand. So everyone is understanding that this is actually where people are now. Mm. So mm. if that is your work, there is no need to I don't think there's a need to put social. I think you I think the way someone like that, someone like uh, my fiance Muruma would, would understand social media is different from someone who's going there because they're bored or because they they they're just looking for entertainment. She's trying to understand trends. She's trying to understand behaviors. She's trying to predict, okay, if this is done, these this is how people are going to respond. Maybe such and such a number of people are going to engage with this brand. Mm-hmm. And the understanding, I would say, is the more time she spends on that platform, she's not, I think it's actually not distracting her from her work. I think it's actually helping her go deeper in her work. Sure. Um, so in and of itself, I don't think social media has to be um, a distraction, but for mm. most of us, social media is not where we get our freedom better. Um, mm. Mm. Or unless you're selling stuff online as well. Okay, this is this is this is a this is a longer conversation. Maybe we need to go deep on. Yeah. But for those of us who are using the inter- using social media as entertainment purely, mm. um, I think that's really what Carl Newport was going after here, in the sense that you must know uh, that you're training your brain mm. to enjoy distraction. Sure. Um, that is actually working against you if you're particularly if you're a knowledge worker and you're trying to do stuff. Mm. Yeah. Thank you so much, um, Mufuti. I mean, I, I obviously have so much that um, I want to ask you, especially in line through social media, considering that you're a young person, you are living in a foreign country, you have family and friends across the world. And what you do basically here um, um, is, is endorsed not by the people in Botswana, but by people across the world, because you're also part of um, World Spine Care, and you are co-founder of Spine Health Africa. Yes. So there's a lot that you do, and you benefit a lot from, you know, deep work, uh, social platforms, you know, and Carl Newport argues that we must quit social media, you know, and I love the fact that you, you and as much as you're arguing for it, you, you are clearly highlighting a healthy relationship to that, um, that which is not healthy with social media, you know. So, yeah, man, for the sake of time, um, I, I think what we have done here, uh, we have probably sparked some, some really, really serious interest on listeners to go um, read the book and get deep in it. Um, I want to ask you this last question, and then we're going to jump into our closing segment of the podcast. What is one principle like one principle that you drew from the book and you have fought to apply it or you, you kind of have one in terms of applying it in your own life on a regular basis? Sure. So he, he talks about these four ways or rhythms of also four ways of, of deep work. Right? Giving right mm. And one of them, he talks about uh, these different people who, one person they would stay away from all human contact for years and that's how they live and then to this day they don't even have email addresses they're like you know i won't respond to emails so don't send me emails and there's other people that they devote certain portions of the year so you're talking about professors who mm. they basically say to themselves um for five months in the year that's when i have all my lectures and then the, mm. uh, there's two or three months where Minimal lectures, just me focusing on my academic work. So the rhythm, and this is basically talking about how to incorporate deep work in your life. The one for me that I felt was so applicable and it spoke to me was when he talks about, you know that your life is hectic. Your life is busy. You are 
you know, you've got so many things going on. There's no way that you can have these long stretches of time or long days just to focus on only one topic or whatever. So you rather say it's like, rather you don't need to spend more than a maximum of like four hours in a day. It's like even one or two hours a day on a particular thing. And I thought to myself, you know, that could work for me. Waking up in the morning, making a commitment to say like for this week, for four days, three days of the week, I'm going to spend one or two hours in the morning for a couple of days, just focusing on this thing. And that undistracted time, you'd be amazed at how much time that you can actually um, draw from that. Um, so I think that's, that's for me is the, the principle that I, I, I'm really trying to start applying even more now in my own life, sure. even my own writing in the sense that I just know that's my time for this stuff. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Mufuti. I mean, sure. you've been such a great person to have on the podcast. Thank you for all the insightful stuff that you've shared um, with us, man. I hope that our listeners have been um, inspired and, you know, just listening to your, your life story, uh, comparing it to the last episode that we had with Dunkazi and how different you guys are and how you have, um, in your differences, you have managed to embrace deep work, you know, and contextualize it to your own context and your own um life and schedules and all of that i think this is what this whole podcast is all about when we are talking reading books with pure you know um if people want to get a hold of your book 20 and read your your blog where do they get these two sure okay so first the book it's on amazon uh you just basically type in my name Fuzichi Hambakwe, and then the book 20 uh so it's, it's called 20 a reflection um so Fuzichi Hambakwe. 20 uh, reflection sure. on Amazon and then uh, my blog uh, so the name of my blog is a heart inscriber so the word heart uh, h-e-h-e-a-r-t inscriber i-n-s-c-r-i-b-e-r dot com so heartinscriber.com or you can find me on social media on LinkedIn on Twitter uh, Instagram and Facebook it's <laughs> 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 so good <laughs> Yeah. To be honest, I don't post. I really only post my blogs. Uh, that's about it. You don't have to justify um, yourself, man. So you can, yeah, yeah. Well, you can find you can find me on all, all those platforms. Um, but mostly, what you'll see is my blogs there. Um, oh. and, and that's that's what you'll see. Sure. Yeah. Okay, thank you so much, Mufuti. Um, guys, we're gonna jump into our closing segment of the show, do a speed test, and yeah, I have. I've reduced it to five questions and I'm hoping that in 30 seconds you would get through as many questions as you possibly can. No pressure. Take all the time that you need, which is 30 seconds. And yeah, let me, are you ready? Should I start firing with the questions? I'm ready, sir. You're ready. Okay, cool. So question number one says, what is your most embarrassing memory? Um... Being sent by mom to buy bread, getting feeling dizzy on the way to buy bread and buying juice for myself instead. <laughs> Which TV show would you start in? Um, the series for Black Panther, if there was ever one that came out. <laughs> sure. And what would you like to be known for? I'd like to be known for for loving people. Yeah. Sure. And then our last question, because time is already up, is who is your hero and why? My hero right now, uh, that's a hard one, mate. I can't. <laughs> 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 it's really hard. 
Oh, wait, wait, actually, you want to answer this? Okay, wait. Okay, give me one second. Okay, I would say my hero, my hero, my hero right now is I would say uh, sure another book I mean right yeah. actual that this book called Uncountable Conversation the Black Man mm. and his, his perspective on race and racial relations is inspiring and how he just took a leap of faith mm. and now this whole book and this whole thing has come out so. Uncountable Conversations by a Black Man by Emmanuel Acho. Uh, it's a book that I'm really enjoying right now. And uh, he's talking a lot about racial inequality and stuff. So he's my hero right now. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there you have it, guys. You can hear. Um, I mean, it, he Mufut is such a good person to have on the show talking about deep work because even in a 30 second segment, he, he really wants to take time and go deep in how he mm. give answers to this question. So Mufuti, man, it's been such a great honor to have you. Uh, any parting words? Live a deep life, guys. It's the best life. Thank you so much, Mufuti. I hope that you have a blessed day, man. Cheers. Thanks. Thanks for having me on the podcast. Well, there you have it, folks. That's the conversation I was talking about. And I hope that you really, really enjoyed that. You know, we had a couple of laughs, like really, really good laughs, um, because we go way back with this guy. And I really enjoyed myself as I was talking to him. And I hope that um, you could pick that up in the conversation as we were talking. You know, I love the fact that, you know, he, he spoke boldly and he spoke about his own personal life and what is happening in his own world and how he's integrating deep work with the work that he does. You know, um, I, 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 the parts that really stood out for me is when we're talking about um, busyness as proxy for productivity. And my challenge to you, if you're listening, um, as you're listening rather, is that I want you to take stock of everything that you do in your life. You know, what would you consider uh, as part of being productive in you know when you look at your day and you sit down and you look at everything that you've done in that day what do you consider as part of um, a productive day and what looks busy but does not necessarily contribute to the productivity of that day you know and i think this is something that is probably worth noting and this helps in a sense that you begin to spend majority of your energy of your time you know of the prime time of your day focusing on the things that really matter in your productivity rather than looking busy and doing things that do not yield the fruits that you're going after you know but you know guys i think the conversation um it covered all of this much better than i would let me not bore you once again and before we close i want to take you to our last segment of the show uh where i call uh, i call this segment get reading and Last week, I spoke briefly about how to get started um, reading. That's if you, you were once a reader and you stopped reading or you're trying to get back um, at reading or if you, you've never read at all and you want to start reading. You know, today I want to talk about how to consume content, you know, in, 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 in any platform. You know, when we think of um, an average uh, individual, in today's age like my peers we have all these social platforms we are constantly consuming content and you would find that the content that we consume does not contribute into 
our behavior. It does not contribute into our thinking pattern. It, it probably adds no value into our life. So my challenge to you is be mindful of the content that you create. You know, Mofuti spoke briefly about this, about how much time he spends on social media and all the social platforms that he has. And what he actually uses them for is for putting content up there, but he does not consume, you know, the content that other people put primarily because it adds no value, you know, and with that being said, um, if you are reading a book, how to best utilize or how to draw out principles from that book? This is what I normally do when I'm reading. You know, I would read, I would set apart time where I'm reading, maybe say it's an hour, hour, 30 minutes. And after reading, I want to take at least 15 minutes of not doing anything. You know, it's either I go for a small walk, it's either I, I, I just sit there and, and embrace boredom and not um, get busy or get engaged in anything. By so doing, what I'm trying to do is to internalize what I just read and not just internalize it or just take the content as is and apply it in my life. I also want to see how does this apply in me directly, you know, because what we often do at times is that we take whatever a person writes about and then want to apply that directly into our lives. And in most cases, it will probably not work. And yeah, then you end up just becoming a person who reads and reads and, you know, the reading adds no value into your life. So how to help uh, consume content in a healthy way just like food you know eat small portions digest it let your system absorb it and let your system put it into good use which gives you energy and draw out principles more than drawing out uh the facts or the the the, the, the rules from the book a principle is something that you can apply in multiple contexts but a fact or a rule can only be applied, you know, in, in, in a very strict way, you know. So I hope this is helpful to you guys. I am looking forward to our next episode where I'm going to be wrapping up this series on the book Deep Work. And I hope that you have been inspired, you know, by these conversations on this book, that you have gotten yourself a copy of this, of this book, even if you don't get a copy, that you have started to embrace the idea of doing deep work. And I hope that um, I have added value in your life just by doing this podcast if that's the case please do not forget to send me a comment uh just like the podcast subscribe it added it, it actually helps me do what i do because it that shows that there are people out there who value the work and the time that we put into doing this thing other than that thank you so much for your time guys i pray that you have a blessed week ahead cheers